felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Hello, and welcome to the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I am your host, Eric, and this is going to be an episode of the Falcon's Lounge. Um, but unfortunately, it is uh, going to be a very sad episode of the Falcon's Lounge because it will be the last episode of the Falcon's Lounge. Um, and you may notice uh, something missing. And that, of course, is my co-host on the Falcon's Lounge, Jimbo, um, who has sadly passed away um, recently. Um, they don't know yet what he passed from, but um, it, it, I hope it was at least a peaceful passing. Um, so Jimbo, of course, um, uh, a fellow Star Wars fan, uh, it was his idea to do the Falcon's Lounge because he wanted to, you know, talk with me about Star Wars. Um, and we were actually planning on doing another episode of the Falcon's Lounge soon. Um, but um, And of course, uh, anybody who uh, might be familiar with some of the other shows I do, you might know that on the Star Wars show Wookiee Radio that I do with my co-host Mike and Ken, we've had Jimbo on there a few times. Um when we've done roundtables and stuff to discuss certain things about Star Wars or, you know, episode, um, when, when, uh, one of the shows would come out or whatever, he would join us. And, um, it was always fun having him on, um, uh, because Jimbo was a fun guy. He was, he was a great guy. I've known Jimbo since I was in high school and, um, I have a lot of great memories of him. Uh, I always enjoyed talking to him. I always enjoyed seeing him. <laughs> um, even <laughs> uh, one time way back when we were in high school, I was uh, taking a nap or something in my room in my bed. I don't remember exactly, but I was asleep. And uh, he, <laughs> he came in and he woke me up <laughs> by putting his face uh, like an inch, within an inch or so of my face and just uh saying my uh he just said well my nickname which was chumley um it still is chumley uh he just said my name and he woke me up so i woke up to the sight of him an inch his face an inch from my face and you know when you wake up you don't know what's going on right away so i just uh i had no clue um, what was going on for a second there, all I know is there was somebody in my face, and, and, uh, for a minute there, I was a little scared, but, uh, yeah, even things, but it was a funny moment, it ended up being a funny moment, and, uh, that, that's Jimbo, um, he used to, he was always, uh, he was always fun, and, 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 and he always had a good, um, a great attitude, and, and it was just fun to be around, and he was a great guy, <sighs> And, uh, I am really, really going to miss him. Um, and, and so, in honor of Jimbo, uh, I am closing, permanently closing the doors to the Falcon's Lounge. Um, there will be other shows where, where I will talk about Star Wars. In fact, um, I'm rebooting the, uh, Star Wars chronological experiment soon, um, and uh, I'm going to be doing it in a different way, so stay tuned for that. But as far as uh, what Jimbo and I were trying to do here 
with the Falcons Lounge. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it without Jimbo. So the the doors to the Falcons Lounge are permanently closed in honor of Jimbo. And um, yeah, um, I'm not really sure what else to say other than uh, I'm going to miss you, Jimbo. And uh, hopefully you are now a force ghost in that galaxy far, far away. <sighs> All right. Well, um, there you have it. There's a little little ode to Jimbo. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really do appreciate it, especially at this moment. And uh, Jimbo always appreciated it. Um, and uh, take care of yourselves and your family. And uh, may the force be with you all. Good night, everybody. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them end. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Light the map, all of them. Welcome to the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I am your host, Eric, and this episode is going to be a reboot of the Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment, and uh, I'll tell you why it's a reboot in a minute, but first, I want to say that um, this episode is going to be dedicated to my buddy Jimbo, who recently passed away, and... um, Listeners of this podcast may remember Jimbo from his his uh, stints on the Falcons Lounge that we did here on the podcast every so often. Um, Jimbo is a big Star Wars fan, and so this episode is dedicated to him. Uh, and uh, I'm going to miss you, Jimbo, but you're one with the Force now. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, this is is as I said, a reboot of the Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment, because I had originally started this by myself, watching the shows and commenting on the movies and such, but that got real boring real quick. So, I've assembled my own version of the Jedi Council to discuss, rewatch, and discuss all of the movies and shows. And for that, I have with me, from the podcast Wookie Radio, which I am a co-host on. I have my other two co-hosts, Mike and Ken. How are you, gentlemen? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> really, if this is an experiment, shouldn't it be like Experiment 2.0? I suppose it should, yes. <laughs> I suppose you're right. The Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment 2.0. This is a fully functioning podcast. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well... <laughs> And Have that, you ever heard of a podcast? <laughs> Let's get technical with me. And that other voice you heard is from um, the monthly comics cast, which you can hear on this very podcast. It is the cosmic comic guru himself, Dario. What's up, Dario? Hey, hey everybody. Nice to meet you guys. All right. So, 
uh, as I said, this is going to be the uh, reboot, sort of, the 2.0 of the experiment. So we're going to start again at the beginning tonight by talking about The Phantom Menace. But before we do that, we have two very big important news items we want to talk about. And the first one is that the trailer for the upcoming Ahsoka series has been released. And uh, what do you guys think? It's the final trailer, right? Is that what it is? Or is it just the newest trailer? Uh, I think it's, it's the final trailer. Hey, it's I think the it's the final, final trailer until they put out another one. <laughs> That's true. That's well, true. final trailer until they do the, the 30 second TV spots. Well, yeah. we can make it the final trailer if we just don't watch any other trailers. Yeah, it's the final trailer that I want to see. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was great. I mean, the fact that they actually showed us Thrawn was amazing. Yes. Was yeah. That. I'm, a, I'm still the jury's still out for me on Thrawn. We talked about it before on our show, but it's one of those that. I want to see in context with the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same voice. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's the same actor. So it's it'll good. sound great. And it, I kind of wish he had had the bigger, like, like forehead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bumps. I don't want to well, call it. A, lo- a longer great. face. And the, yeah, in general, and a, longer a little bit longer face. head and yeah. uh, more yeah. gaunt almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people are saying he looks like Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> I see that. I can see that a little bit. Other people are saying he looks like kind of a um, film negative of da- data from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Ooh. I can also. <laughs> I don't see that one. <laughs> I don't see that but um, yeah, it it'll just take some getting used to. I think. And again, like we said on Wookie Radio, blue is is the blue they're using is a little difficult. Um, sometimes it looks a little off, but. Still, you know what? I we hadn't we didn't talk about it on Wookiee Radio, but something that actually may come into effect with this was um, when they're doing composite and stuff. They still use blue screen once in a while, so they may not be able to use a darker blue without confusing the computers. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't even. Think I mean, a of lot that. of stuff's done a green screen, but right, never know. Hmm, yeah, that makes sense. Point. That makes a lot of sense. But it's hard. It's hard right for some characters that are like drastically different colors like green and blue and all that stuff and they've been able to get it right most of the time so yeah right um but other than that it, it looks really exciting so it's gonna be a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, i feel like we're not gonna see thrawn until like the last episode though i think he'll like he'll like he'll like walk up and it'll be like now watch the movie that's coming out in six years so. <laughs> <laughs> that is entirely possible but hopefully not and I love that droid. That tribute to the toy is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't catch it at first until until Mike pointed it out. I yeah, saw it and I said, I said, that looks a lot like a toy. And then I saw yeah. someone online do a side by side. I was like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I, I, I don't catch boy, so <laughs> I don't think we talked about it over on Wookie Radio, but um the E Wing, the Astromech design for it was the R seven. Um I know we talked a little bit about the R seven. Um that in legend phase, the eye, uh, the eye on it, quote unquote, eye on the dome mm-hmm. is triangle shaped. Hmm. So I'm hoping if this is canon and they're sticking with the R7s were designed to be used with the E-wing, this is the new R7 look. Could be. Um, and and I'd be okay with that. <laughs> My co-host on Keepers of the Fringe, Chris, um, when we were talking about it earlier, he said he hopes that the rest of the droid doesn't have the um, peel-off stickers. That <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a torn-up sticker. Still- it looked like he was buried in some kid's backyard. Yeah, but imagine what they could do to make that look real and actually have it work. 
<laughs> you know that yeah that's that's a good point that's quite possible <laughs> slightly warped like legs and the giant hole in the bottom <laughs> well, why is that astromech sitting on a peg as an ant we don't talk about the peg <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so that we so uh, a little over a month for that and uh can't wait now the other thing i want to talk about real quick is it has come out that um bob Iger, due to low <laughs> ratings of uh Secret Invasion, Indiana Jones and stuff, has decided to pull back on Marvel and Star Wars projects. Um, I, I don't see how this is news now, except <laughs> because of the, the strike. Yeah, because I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> convenient. We're going to pull the back. The strike is yeah, a reason. in production anyway. I know, right? Well, we, we had talked about this over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, how, um, you know, was is there franchise fatigue in right. our... Now, are they going to start pulling back? Yeah, we've talked we about got, it on Wiki Radio too, and on I've talked about it on Keepers and stuff. It's so I mean, the, the, if anyone's shocked by this, well, okay, well, you've been under a rock. Yeah, yeah, what I was talking to Vicky about this with this one was, if you look though across the board, not just uh, we're we're looking with Star Wars and Marvel and some of the in Disney in general, you're looking at giant tentpole films, right? But if you look across the board in general. All movie tickets are down. Oh yeah, right. So it's like it's almost like they're looking at this like, oh, the problem is with what we're putting out. No, the problem is people are not going to the theater right now. Yeah, no. Yeah, and and they think it's it's because there's too much stuff on the streaming services, but that's not it necessarily. That could be <laughs> slowing it down a little bit. Yeah, but only well only because it, the people don't want to go to theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, at this point in time, if I was, you know, I I'm on the fence about. Why don't you go see the new Mission Impossible movie? I saw it last night. It's awesome. Yeah, my wife wants to take me to go see it. But you know what? I'll wait until October when it comes out on streaming. Is At this point, the way they're going, it'll long? be out in August. Yeah, no, it, 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 they've already announced October. Uh, like oh, October okay. 21st. That's a surprise. That's quick. So, I mean, if there's a two-month turnaround, okay, yeah, I can wait. I know, right? It's not like we're waiting years again like yeah. we used to. Now, see, if they would go the other direction and extend those waits out longer and people start to get used to that, all of a sudden they're going to want to go see the movie in the theaters because yeah. I don't. Yeah. everybody's going to know what happened like three years before I do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And I think they could do that slowly, too. Just extend it a little at a time, and then before you know it, it's worth going. Yeah, even, even if they waited six months. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That would be a good I mean, like Like it used to be with the... DVD. Well, yeah, well, six JHS months, releases. Six months mm-hmm. to get the DVD, and then another two months after that to get the streaming services. Yeah. See, yeah, go old, go even more old school with it. Do um, fine. Three months after release, it goes to um, premium streaming, like Dude, when Amazon and the other ones do with the theatrical release. Right. Do the old school pay per view. Oh, pay per view. Basically, it becomes a pay per view. Make it a um, like a ten dollar rental on Amazon or Voodoo or some of these other ones. Yeah. And then another demand, three yeah. months to you actually can see it streaming for free. So you can but so basically instead of a DVD window, you put it up on streaming and stuff. You can buy it or rent it on streaming and the, and put your DVDs and Blu-rays out at that three month mark. And then at six months or later, you go to full free streaming. Yeah, kind of did like that. Kinda doing that with um, the Mario movie was available for rent uh, pretty quick. Like I think 
a month after it came out. Um, yeah. But it was still like 15 bucks to, to rent it. Now, yeah. I can, if I wanted to, I can rent it for 5 bucks. Well, for um, most of the stuff, if you um, a lot of things anymore, you can still see it while it's in theaters, like within a week of it being released in theaters for like 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah, on Amazon or on Vudu, you can. St- there's a lot of releases that within one week of release, it's up up for streaming. If you want to pay twenty bucks for it or thirty bucks mm-hmm. for it, I've never done those ones, but we yeah. we did once or twice uh, during the pandemic when it was coming out in the theaters or coming out on Disney Plus. We we did it twice because we just really didn't want to go to the theater. Mm. Yeah, for I mean, we wanted to see the film. But we particularly did not want to go to the theater. Jungle Cruise was one of those. And thank God I spent that money once for her. <laughs> Watching it at home and having it available for a month or two, three months before it was free. Because I would not pay <laughs> I would not pay to go see it in the theater. <laughs> it was that good, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I had fun with it, but that's for me, it's it's pretty easy to make me happy with as long as I had a good time watching it. It doesn't have to be Citizen Kane. Sure, sure. I that's that. I enjoyed the Indiana, the new Indiana Jones movie that's out. A lot of people are not enjoying it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, it was I, I, didn't, I didn't like the third act. I mean, as much as the other acts, but yeah. it was great, and I would see it, it again. It didn't have the feel of the first three, but Definitely for not. a really old Indiana Jones, it was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it, but it was it was good. It was decent. Mm-hmm. I had fun with it, with Crystal Skull when it came out. I I see the problems that everybody sees with it. Well, we talked about this with some of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, we discussing it. It's like I see the problems with it. It's just I had a good time when I was watching it. <laughs> well, speaking of Star Wars movies, uh, let's get into Phantom Menace, shall we? All right, Jedi. This is gonna be fun because I know that this ranks pretty low on Derek's list usually. <laughs> I will say Phantom Menace is perhaps not my favorite of the prequels. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, that could change when we rewatch the other ones. We'll see. Um, I just, for me, I just, I don't know. I just didn't need to see him as a kid and other reasons. But, um, yeah, so, um, but I think I have, I think I have more of an appreciation now for the prequels than I used to. And mm-hmm. I think part of that is because of the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, it yeah, really I, helped to flesh things out. I think, I think in the, how long has it been since that movie came out? It's been at least 20 years, right? Maybe. Uh, 99. Yeah. It came out in 99. Yeah. So in the time yes, that it's been since that movie came out and today, there's enough supporting like like history. Yeah, like storyline that makes all that better. Right. Also, the the fact that it's aged, aging it actually made a big difference. Especially, I watched it today. I wa- I've watched it like twice in the last two weeks. <laughs> and watching the effects and stuff, I can if I look for it, I can see where the CG and where the regular stuff is. Mm-hmm. But you can actually really look for it. And for twenty five years ago, oh, the CG in this movie is great then, compared to now. It is amazing. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of that when I was because I watched it this morning and I was like, you know what? The CG in this movie is way better than the CG that they used to improve the original the well, the original trilogy, the you know the the, the Luke uh, New Hope and up. Yeah, you can call it the original trilogy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the um, when before Force Awakens came out, I had Zoe watched the original trilogy. Of course, I had it on DVD. The special di- or the the, the two pack where the bonus disc was the 
the seventy the seventy like four version, right? Or I guess it's always yeah. it came out. It was the um, it was the the laser laser disc laser disc version of it from yeah, the, like, it was the laser disc version, but before the remastered audio. Yeah, I think it was like ninety one is when they put that one out. Yeah, it was the pre THX version. Yeah, correct. I have those two also. And there's been um, many versions. <laughs> I know there's been so, that. That yeah. many versions, yeah. When they released the original Star Wars uh, A New Hope, when they first released it, it had like four versions of it in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> because there was different audio tracks, there was different, um, the way the film, w- what size of the film it was, would depend on what you see. Yeah. But, you know, it had the 2.1 and everything. But watching it, TIE Fighters going across the screen, you could see the composite squares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The TIE yeah. Fighter. It's like, okay. And of course, we're watching it on our Blu-ray player, DVD and the Blu-ray player, so more enhanced. They just tell people that's how it looks in space. Even though I've been in space, you can't defy me. <laughs> <laughs> I will I tell still- you, though, seeing all that, I mean, I, I had seen footage of how all that was made, but to actually see it in the film, it's like, okay, to me, this was pretty cool seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I need to dust off my VCR because I have the old C- CBS Fox versions of the VHSs. It's like you want to see basically what's the oldest way to see the version of the film that you can't think of. That would be it. Was the original VHS release? Yeah, yeah I think I have. I have one of the the Fox um, cassettes in my display case over there. Yeah, I gotta find. I have a New Hope. It's just not sitting with my other ones. It's probably with my cop, my VHS of um, Phantom Menace, <laughs> wherever that's at. <laughs> and the fun part is, a New Hope was not labeled New Hope until yeah. it was released on VHS for the very first time. See, I right? didn't know that until people started talking about it because um, remember, I was born in '76, so I didn't. The first time I saw it was on te- television. <laughs> yeah, and it would have already been changed. Uh, no, when they showed, I remember when they showed it for the first time on HBO. I didn't have HBO when I was a kid. We didn't have that kind of money. Yeah, right. It's it still didn't say a new hope. It just went Star Wars into the crawl. We were lucky we had if we had basic cable. We would have it for like six months and have it shut off for the then we turned it off for a little while. Then for Christmas, I remember one year coming home from school for Christmas and there's a um, a box wrapped up on top of the TV and mom said don't touch it and it was basically wrapping paper sitting on top of a cable box. I know, back then it was like HBO, you mean that thing they have at the hotels? Uh Uh-huh. So for the CG in this, Yoda looked great for being CG. Yeah. Yoda was a puppet still. No, no, no. The the one that most of us saw here, the the Disney version, or the Disney Plus version, they actually have the CG Yoda from, because it's the um, 2011 DVD version of the film. Okay. I saw a different version because uh, when I was watching this, I'm like, did they make him a puppet in the second one? Because I knew he no. was a puppet. And I'm no, like, they replaced him in 2011. I feel like my whole life has just been shaken. <laughs> Every time they put a release of this out somewhere, they um, a new DVD or a new co- copy of it anywhere, they change something. Yeah. They can change They can change Yoda from a puppet to a CG creature. They can add all kinds of creatures in the background, but they still have to use that Wilhelm scream every time a stormtrooper falls. Every <laughs> single time. <laughs> That's just tradition. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I asked you guys to do, um, we're going to do a version of what I call the good, the bad, and the nitpicky. And I know you may have trouble uh, picking something bad from Star Wars, so we'll just call it something that you didn't particularly care for, perhaps. And um, I would like to 
I think we'll go backwards because we'll end on the good stuff. So we'll start with the nitpickies and um, I'll start to get things rolling. And for me, um, I would say my biggest nitpicky from the movie is um, while I love the pod race scene and everything, it was a little long. It could have been shorter, I think. Which is kind of funny because if you watch the deleted scenes, there was another 10 minutes of that pod race scene. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the, um, the whole introduction of the characters was like a nine minute segment. I know. Down. And then the um, I think it was the what the second lap is like three and a half minutes if you go for the full thing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just too much. At that point, you have to make it its own like show, <laughs> or turn it into its own game. Oh wait, <laughs> now, that game that game was one of the best things to come out of Phantom Menace. That game was awesome. That game, Xbox gave, um, gave it away for free like two weeks ago, or two months ago. Oh really? It was giving oh, away. that's awesome. The modern master of it. <laughs> All right, um, so that's my nitpicky. Like I said, it's not a huge deal. It just, I wish I'd been a little shorter, um, especially on the rewatches of it. I'm like, okay, well, this just end already. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, who would like to go next? Oh, we're all doing a nitpicky part of it? Yep. Yep. I kind of wish the Gungans were a little bit treated a little bit better. Like, I, 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 I've grown to actually like the race a little bit. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't mind them so much, but and I feel like I feel like the the second the last half of the movie with their big fight was kind of like really where they shined, uh, but they just I, I just wish they weren't obviously like a, a kid gimmick. I wish they were just I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to harp on the actor that played that played Jar Jar or any of that stuff, but I just kind of wish they had made them not stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah, I totally get that. I think I wouldn't mind Jar Jar so much if they had just toned him back a little. Mm-hmm. That that was going to be my nitpicky is yeah. this film. It, it's it, it seemed like there was too much forcing Jar Jar to be comic relief. Yeah. He stepped in poop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean there there were, there were a few there were a few lines that that were fine, but like when when they're in um, the Skywalker hut. Right out the sandstorm, and all of a sudden, Gwygon reaches over. Don't do that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I like, okay. <laughs> well, that, that kind of fits in with mine a little bit because it goes into that comedy stuff. That um, George put a lot more obvious comedy in this, where the original trilogy it was just part of what was there, right. the witty yeah. banter and stuff. But um, all the um, toilet humor, animals yeah, I, and all that type of stuff is like it right. wasn't needed as much. Drop See, it in there I, once, I, maybe, and let it go, but mm, it was throughout the whole thing. Um, the Gungans are always talking about poodoo. Right, right. Doo-doo and this type yeah, of stuff. It, 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 yeah, this is, these were technically made for kids to enjoy, too, but we're talking about doo-doo and all this other stuff. It's like, dude, kids don't need that. They'll understand yeah. what you're doing. Right. I mean, to, to me, I guess the, the uh, best comparison that I could do is original trilogy, Rocky Horror Picture Show. The prequels, shock treatment. Which is the sequel to Rocky Horror. Yeah, I never saw um, Shock Treatment. Shock shock Treatment, when Richard O'Brien wrote the script for it, purposely put in the pauses, hoping to turn the film into audience participation like Rocky did. Oh, okay. And the reason why it worked with Rocky is because it, it was natural. It just happened. It's sort of like Clue. You can almost... Audience participate with Clue big time. Mm -hmm. Is it? It just seems natural when you watch Shock Treatment. 
I mean, there's some uncomfortable pauses, and it's like, oh, you're waiting for some, you're waiting for a response. Mm. <laughs> you're 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 prompting an action here. Uh, it almost the prequels in general kind of felt that way with me, um, especially with Phantom Menace. Like there was a lot of George was trying to prompt certain reactions mm. from us. Right? Yeah, I get that. It definitely there definitely were times where it felt a little forced. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's some. That was some interesting nitpickies, actually. Um, yeah. I like that. So now we'll move on to the bad, and uh, I'll go first again just to get it rolling. Um, you know, you, you might expect me to say that Jar Jar was the bad, but I'm not going to say that. You know, you could say that having Anakin be a little kid was the bad, but I'm not going to say that either. Um, I think for me, the real bad part is is. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but a good chunk of the acting, and I don't even blame the actors for that. I kind of blame George for that, for the way he directed them. Um, he's known, you know, he's known as not being what they call the actor's director. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the, some of the performances felt a little wooden in the movie. And I think that that's part of the problem that I always had with it. Oh, you, you can even say he's not even a, an actor's writer either. Yeah, yeah, true. If you think, really, um, if you look at um, at the original trilogy, the everybody's favorite film for there was uh, um, Empire, and George didn't direct it. Right now, he was very hands on, but you know, Kirsch didn't let him take over. Mm -hmm. Where Return of the Jedi, um, Mark Wan basically let him do whatever he wanted, and Mark Wan was just there as, okay, I'm the director. Right, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like almost like you would think. Because um, the way films are set up, usually the um, d- main director directs all your dialogue scenes and uh, a lot of the drama type stuff. When it comes to action and stunts and stuff like that, your second unit usually does all that. Mm. So George would almost do better as writer, producer, and second unit director. Yeah, let someone yeah, handle the actors and actually get the performances out of them, and let him deal with the actual storytelling and the writing and the and helping with the action and stuff. That's what he's good at. He was awesome at writing stories. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And what it is, I've said this a long time, for a long time, the major difference between um, the original trilogy and when you get to The Phantom Menace. The original trilogy, especially Star Wars, The New Hope, you see, see stories everywhere about he shot that movie um, after he was done filming it. He had he screened that movie to everybody he knew mm-hmm. to get feedback on and how to make little tweaks to make this so that's why it's so phenomenally awesome for most people. Right. Because it wasn't just George's vision on screen. He had people who said, wait, George, let's dial this back just a little bit and maybe add this in there. Well, you his, get, hmm? his wife was also the editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was well, when you get the part of this, because at that point when we made star Wars and empire and Jedi, he wasn't George Lucas yet. He was just another aspiring director. Yeah. When you get to the Phantom Menace, he's George Lucas creator of star Wars. Right. So now Rick Berman is basically there just to facilitate whatever George wants he puts on screen. Mm-hmm. How many times do you hear in the making of Phantom Menace that George, every shot has, I have no idea how to do it, but that's what George wants. We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no one told George, wait, let's dial this back and could we change this up a little bit? Yeah, because no. he is, the difference is George Lucas, aspiring filmmaker, he made THX. That's the only thing he had done in American Graffiti. Right. Two. George Lucas, he created Star Wars and Willow, and um, he, he was the producer on Labyrinth and all this other stuff that he had done, that now he's one of the biggest names in Hollywood, even though he's really not a part of Hollywood. Never was. Right. He's the biggest uh, name 
Because he did, well, Star Wars, and then he made all that money on toys. He made so much money on toys. Indiana Jones. I mean, that was people, brilliant. No one wanted to, no one at that point was willing to, I think, to tell George no. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can see in this, because there's a lot of stuff in there that, like, George, wait, wait, wait. We should have dialed this, switched this a little bit, just a little yeah. bit different. But this, that's exactly. why. Exactly. The story in The Phantom Menace and the technology in Phantom Menace is, is awesome. Mm. The, like you said, the acting was needs a lot of help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ken, why don't you continue with your bad? Um, really, you say that that actually did. I noticed that too because there was a couple things in there that I'm like, did did he say that the way I think he said that? And it was <laughs> delivered the way the stuff was delivered. Yes, yeah. Um, the uh, what you call Co Bibble the um when he's the hologram is talking. Yes, it's like that so- sounded like something you would have heard out of sixty Star Trek the way he acted it. Yep. It, it was like he was reading it right off a cue card or something. Yeah. So that that type of stuff. Um, the, the funny thing is Jake Lloyd, I thought, was phenomenal in this, really. The acting part of it. I'll give him he credit acted, for that. Yeah. I believed it every time he was on screen. Now, Natalie Portman didn't have quite the um, – but she had a lot more experience, so she's probably used to a director giving her more. Mm. Where Jake Lloyd had one movie before this, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Was, um, Who was Jake Lloyd in this? Uh, Anakin. Okay, Anakin. Oh, okay. He yeah, had, was that one with um, the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Was that before or after this? Uh, that's what I'm looking up right now. <laughs> that's what was it? Hero. Not last action hero. It was um, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Jingle All the Way. Was that before or after this? Uh, uh, that was before. Okay. I'm looking it up now. So he had basically one acting, one major acting gig before. This. Right. So I don't. I really don't blame. I, well, you can't blame him because his, his stuff, like I said, was awesome. Actually, that was his second film. Oh wow! What Jingle? Jingle was the second. Uh, he f- was first in Unhook the Stars. Never heard of that one. Then Jingle All the Way. Then he played Mark Armstrong in the Apollo 11 TV movie. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, then his next film was uh, Phantom Menace. Hmm. I mean, he did he did a couple... Small things. Yeah. Uh, he, he did two TV movies before Phantom Menace. Yeah, like I said, I had no problem with Young Anakin at all. Yeah. Um, Ian Neeson was great. Yes. Um, I mean, he nailed that character. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, McGregor seemed like he was struggling just a little bit, but he was, you can also tell he would, he hadn't, um, he was doing the, he was doing his version of Al Guinness in this film. He wanted to when, break out the song. Yeah. Well, once you get to, <laughs> once you get to, um, Attack of the Clones and, uh, Revenge of the Sith, he's actually now taking control. He is Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not Al Guinness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, mine kind of goes right in with yours a little bit, Derek. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Mike. What do you got? Uh, for me, the the main bad was Maul. How he was treated. Yes. Yeah, I agree with. That. I mean, a one a one and done. Yeah. Don't don't I mean well, that's the why original. He... Well, the original trilogy you had Vader all the way through. Mm-hmm. I understand we're still where we're at, but I think you still could have had Maul first and second film. Yeah, easy. He could have supported and, all three films, easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you could have had Dooku in there as well mm-hmm. near the end, you know, where he appear truly appears in Revenge of the Sith near the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and in between, you can have Maul get knocked off at that point. Who knows? Maybe it was yeah. Dooku who did it, but I, the inconsistency that I I saw with it. Maul stabs Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. Even with that type of stabbing, 
you would think we would see some blood, some blood splatter or blood misting. Mm. We don't. Maul gets chopped in half by Obi Wan, and you see him misting. I don't think that was there originally, if I remember right. That no, was, actually- it was there. It was there originally. Okay. I re- I remember it from the very get go. I'm like, okay. Ooh. And then when he's falling in, I'm like, where's the you can survive you can survive any wound in Star Wars except for a small hole in the center and not even the, just in your torso <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, I, mean, well, I, I understand the sabers hot enough that it's going to cauterize water right away as it's cutting through but still he's falling it, it's in the clothes where where is if we're we're seeing misting why aren't we seeing more of that as he's falling into the pit because he wanted to keep a pg-13 rating yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) but um actually with where you're going with maul um i was thinking i think part of that comes to also when george was writing this he knew the big bad for the trilogy he wants to be the emperor and vader but he doesn't have vader until the third film anyway yeah so i think maul was in his head originally the problem is he wrote maul too good he wrote him too well that everybody loved him. He didn't have any lines. He was supposed to be a place He didn't have any lines. He basically, you know what it is. He figured he didn't. George didn't realize the smaller the character is, the more people are going to love it. I because I, I saw, I was reading this stuff on it today. Maul has like eight lines in about eight minutes of film time. Yeah. Boba Fett had what? Four lines in like five minutes. Boba of Fett. Everyone loves Boba, Boba Fett. Everyone Where? likes that. Yeah. <laughs> so the least amount the, you get the least amount of time you give them, the better people are going to love them. Mm. Yeah. Well, the other, so, thing, the other thing really, is Dooku has been fleshed out, but Dooku was the same problem. He was a placeholder for Vader. Right. The because we know who gets get that spot. The lead up to the movie, to Phantom Menace, they had a big marketing um, blitz. blitz. And they, you know, they had the toys and everything that came out before the movie. And, everything. The movie. Mm-hmm. and um, it made Darth Maul seem like he was going to be a really cool character. And, and I mean, he was a cool character, but it made it seem like he was going to be a big. A he he was going to be the prequel Vader. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then and, he, and Vader's going to take him out. Right. To take to take his place next to the Emperor. Which I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. Uh, but then the way they write the Sith here is you can't um, you can only have one apprentice. Right. Um, but then, you know, he was in the, they just took him out like that really quick. And it was like, well, that was kind of like, <laughs> you know, a little lame. It's his own fault because he was just showing off, causing sparks. I suppose. <laughs> and the funny thing is, if you actually watch that scene, um, it, it was almost like Obi-Wan touched the dark side for half a second. Because yeah, it was yeah, anger and yeah. emotion that killed yeah. Darth Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the entire time uh, Obi Wan's trying to get through the, the 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 ray shields. I mean, he's not Qui Gon where Qui Gon was still and in the moment and all that stuff. Obi Wan was just running, and then when he got yeah. there, he was just like anxiety building up. And then yeah, finally, yeah. at this point, when he kills um, Qui Gon, he's like, "Oh, wait a minute!" and he loses yeah. it. Yeah, it was very aggressive. His his attack was aggressive. All that. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So. Uh, that leaves us, brings us to you, Dario. What's your big bad of the movie? Midichlorians? Midichlorians, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I have to put a, put a name to the force, and it's not just the, the, the force. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it does kind of change it a little. 
And they're glad that they never brought it up again. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of bugged me, too. Yeah. I think I'm more used to it now, but at the time I was like, what are you talking I mean, about? When do they, they even reference it again? They never reference it again. During the Clone Wars, I think they do a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they have once or twice just talked like talked in general about somebody's midi-chlorian count or something. But, yeah. A little, a little ammonia that- and water and you can just get rid of those midi-chlorians. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, what it is, it, it seems like if you watch this, the um, the Jedi are the only ones that know anything about midi-chlorians anyway. Right. It, well, after the Purge, they went through and destroyed all Jedi knowledge they could find and stuff. So you'd think almost... Any reference to that would be gone because people don't know to look for this. They have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That may be that's a a way to look at the reason why we don't hear about it anymore after the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because all knowledge of it that we know of, other than um, what Palpatine has, is gone. Right, right. Even when Luke and um, Ray and everybody else starts lear- relearning the Force, um, Ahsoka doesn't talk about it because she has no reason to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, unless it's in the original Jedi text, she wouldn't know anything about it. Right, right. I mean, for all we know, this could be something that the Jedi learned over time. They figured out what this was, mm-hmm. but originally they didn't know. They just like everybody else just assumed that the Force is the Force. But why is there a Force tree? Because it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because that particular tree had a really high midichlorian count. <laughs> why, why is there a force pit? <laughs> Mike, but we just watched this, and if you hear the way um, Qui-Gon explains the midichlorians to Anakin, it's in all cells. They're yeah. in all living cells. Yeah, so the tree could have a high midichlorian count. Yeah. Well, the the force trees, they're whipping, they're, they're weeping wills. Ay, 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 ay. This is what we got to deal with. (laughs) Yeah, really. All right. On that note, (laughs) let's move on to the good stuff. Um, Weeping willows. Oh, again, I say, don't get technical with me. um, (laughs) So I think for me, what I want to say for my really, my favorite part, my, the good part for me was, I want to say, um, you mentioned it earlier, Dario, I'm going to say Qui-Gon Jinn. I really, yeah, really, so I loved Qui-Gon Jinn. And yeah. um, I would actually love to have seen what would have happened if he had not gotten killed, how how he would have affected the rest of the saga. Yeah. Well, you yeah, think all his small, small appearances in the animated, animated stuff afterwards, like especially that storyline where it's a Dooku story uh, that just came out with last year. But Qui Gon's, they they deal with Qui Gon as being his apprentice. I mean, I even yeah. love that story. Yeah, the Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cool thing is, if you w- watch Qui Gon in this and see, he's got a totally different um, philosophy on the Force than the general Jedi do. Oh, of course, yeah. Which is one of the reasons Obi Wan points it out directly in this that if you um, follow the code, you'd be on the Council. <laughs> yeah, but Qui Gon's not. In, not worried about what's happening right now he's worried about we've talked about the difference between like the cosmic force and the living force mm. he's more worried about the the living flow of the force as it's going just following what the force says forget what the people are telling you and what the jedi council is telling you no fo- listen to what the force is telling you yeah yeah i mean you you definitely more and more they've been fleshing out dooku whether it was dooku jedi lost or the dooku episodes of Tales of the Jedi, or even what we have seen during Clone Wars, and even Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of Qui Gon in Dooku. 
only and I say that because we get Gwygon first before we get Dooku. So when we see Dooku and he mentions, well, Gwygon was my apprentice, and you see how Dooku is is being a, a realist of what's going on. I'm not really Sith, I'm dark side, but I'm not really Sith, even though I have a Sith name. Yeah, even though he can shoot lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's the one who pretty much initially breaks it that uh, the Emperor is someone who you know, or Darth, or Darth Sidious is, is, is actually someone you know mm-hmm. within your own ranks, and you need to be careful of it. Oh, that's right. one of the interesting right. things that um, in the original tri- or in the C- prequel trilogy here, if you watch, it's weird because um, Sidious is always um, manipulating everything from behind the scenes. But if you watch, most of what he says is actually true. Dooku and Sidious Bo- and Palpatine both, they're now they're um, controlling what tr- how much of the truth they're telling, but they're, t- they're not lying on anything they say, really. Very little right. of what they say is actually a lie. Whereas the Jedi are actually hiding things and keeping secrets. And it's like, it's weird looking at, if you look at it from that point of view to where the Sith were actually not really hiding a whole lot. I mean, they're hiding what's going on and stuff, but they're, they're, it's almost like they were controlling the knowledge where the Jedi were just trying to hide it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. It's weird. It's weird to look at because you don't think of the bad guys as telling the truth. Right. <laughs> but if you watch through these three films, it's interesting the way this, the way that correlates. And the more the Jedi try to hide, the less they actually, the um, farther everything falls towards the evil. Yeah, I I spent a long time, not a long time, I spent time, like, trying to figure out the Sith for a while, and I was just like, because Palpatine is either manipulative and and, and has an agenda and a lot of stuff, and then every once in a while he's, like, blatantly evil. Um, But it's like most of the Sith... Are not just cackling bad guys. They just want to control stuff, mm-hmm. right? They're they're about power. Yeah, yeah. Power, like, is, power and control. Because power and control takes control away from everybody else. Right. And so we see that as evil. <laughs> but but they're they're wanting power and control. They're they feel what they're doing is what's best for for the environment they're in. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, with as you said, with the Jedi. They're hiding things, and again, we're we're looking at this from one perspective, right? You know, it, it, it's always brought up who's who's the real bad guys here. Well, it's just like the whole rebel terrorist thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who, who's who's who the saw true? because they portray him as like a real terrorist sometimes. Yeah, which, which <laughs> sometimes, is, <laughs> which is what I, which is what I enjoy about Andor. And in Rogue One is, you know, yes, we're we're told the rebels are the good guys, but look at the at the um, cutthroat missions they're doing to undermine the Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it is very much a a terrorist organization. Yeah, it, whether or not they're using means that are um, we see as good or evil. The Empire is the legitimate government in the galaxy. Yeah. Right. Now, we may not like their means, their policies, the way they do everything, but they are the legitimate government in the galaxy. The Rebellion is a terrorist organization trying to overthrow the government. Right. And and then also, there are people in the galaxy whose lives are better under the Empire, unfortunately. 
Yeah, the problem with the Empire, one of the big problems with the Empire was that there, it, it was never official really, but there, if you need to go up in ranks in the Empire, you kind of need to be a dick and kill the guy above you. <laughs> well, they're not quite Klingons. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Well, Dario, don't drink the next the next drink you've got over there. Okay, well, thank you. Because I, I, want, I want to move up. <laughs> we can move the windows around real easily. You know? <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, Mike, why don't you give us your good? Uh, my good? Yes. My good was, I, and a lot of people don't talk about it with this film like they do Force Awakens. I My good was the whole during the the battle on Naboo, the whole battle in space around the command station. Mm-hmm. How, in a sense, that is this film's Death Star trench. Mm-hmm. And just like Luke, it was a lucky shot for Anakin. Mm-hmm. And actually, it wasn't a lucky shot. It was a mistake. Yeah, he did it. He wasn't yeah. trying to fire his um, torpedoes. No, it was the force working through him. Yes, <laughs> and technically Luke was using the force, so it wasn't just a lucky shot. It was the midichlorian working through him. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so the, I mean, it, the but to, to see was that really good to, to see that whole sequence was, you know, the, the the only thing that separated it a little bit from A New Hope is the fact that there's a ground battle going on at the same time as the space mm-hmm. battle. Yeah, and realistically, it was almost more like. With hitting the main reactor, and the way that drops was more like Death Star Two, yeah, than the yeah, original Death Star. Mm-hmm. But still, is still the same concept. It was still pulled from the original trilogy, and it didn't bother me then. Force Awakens still doesn't bother me that oh, it's a it's a clone of a New Hope. Oh no, it's a, it's, it's got a elements of all the films, mm-hmm. but that's Star Wars. So I love that scene too, and. Um... As I was watching it, I was like, okay, so you got the fight in the palace going on. You have the fight with Gungans going on, the droids, and you got the space fight. And my, I kept going back to looking at the fight with the Gungans and thinking how great that scene is. Mm. I was like, it's a great war fight. There's these tanks. There's all the, the ground troops and the, the horses, but then the horses. And and then I'm like, wow, there's not a single living creature in this scene. It's like this entire thing is CG. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's not a single living actor here. <laughs> yep. And this there may have been one. It was being worked on in like 97. Yeah. yeah. We had okay. dial-up internet and they've been doing this on screens there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, there there may have been a yeah, few live been real, actors. Wearing dots. Wearing dots in the in like the, the prosthetic head. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm at best uh, just so they had reference. But, <laughs> yeah, the actual scene's all CG. Yeah. So, Ken, what about your good? I actually have two, but I'm going to go with the um, people don't remember. Or a lot of people don't remember. No, we do because we go back far enough. Um, before this movie came out, the only Jedi we'd ever seen physically on screen was the original trilogy. So you got, what, four guys total that can use the Force. Mm-hmm. Okay. and um, But in the um, seven or eight years before this, we got a butt ton of novels. All of a sudden, yeah. we had the expanded universe had been expanded had been expanded out to where we heard and we had seen in our heads watching what Jedi can actually do. 
you hear all these adventures of Luke Skywalker and the other Jedi that he's trained and things and um, playing the West End uh, Star Wars role playing game. It's like, what can I do as a Jedi and all the you have this mythology of what the Jedi is. And then so um, all the writers and everything, not George himself, but all the writers and stuff had basically filled our heads with what a Jedi is. And George Lucas answered that and said, yep, you're right. <laughs> yeah. If you West End it, basically wrote all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you watch, um, you, the first thing you see is them jumping out like 30 feet out of a um, yeah. shaft onto the ground. Yeah. If they get, without getting hurt. You, and they um, speed down the hallway. The difference yes. with the, um, when you see the um, lightsaber battles in this. Like, it, I was so impressed re-watching this. Um, just seeing, after Qui-Gon dies, the battle between Obi-Wan and um, Darth Maul and how fast that is. Yes. <laughs> and you know, just because we know who Ray Park is, Ray Park and um, Ewan McGregor actually did all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't stunt guys doing those two, and that was fat. It was very the fastest we've ever seen light or um, sword fighting even on in any of these things. Right. It was just amazing what they showed of who the Jedi are. Yeah. And we and like I said, they um they had filled our heads with who these guys are. And George said, "Yep, you're right. <laughs> these guys are everything you thought they were." Yeah, we really got to see throughout the whole prequels and, and the Clone Wars and everything um, just how much the Jedi really can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they can't so, do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things that I had read in one of the novels growing up, I think it might have been the Thrawn trilogy, the first one, um, they make a point of saying that when you see a Jedi, um, a Jedi does more with his lightsaber on his belt than he does with a lightsaber in his hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I thought was always a good line in that book. Yeah, yeah. that is, yeah. All right, so Dario, what about your good? Um, there's not a lot about this movie that I really loved. Um, <laughs> it was so wonky. I mean, I didn't hate this movie in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I think Darth Maul is my favorite part of this movie. Uh, his, his screen presence is just amazing. Definitely. Um, and it's probably the part of the movie that has been least touched up like i just i still can't get over the fact that i missed the fact that they totally repeat yoda (laughs) (laughs) that means they did their job correctly yeah that's true yeah really they replaced him and made it look so good that you totally forgot that it was something else well i mean that's the thing i'm watching it thinking why would they go back to a puppet in the second one because i knew he was a puppet (laughs) well what is uh, the first one he was second uh from the second one on that was cg'd Right, the right. puppet was there for any of the um, anytime they were in the um, council chamber. The only time that he's not a puppet in the original version of this was when he's talking to Obi Wan at the very end. Mm-hmm. That's not the put. They had to do that CG because he's walking around and stuff. But mm-hmm. everything else, like when they're in the council chambers and all that stuff, he's he's a puppet, and it was a really really bad puppet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't know it was how a bad puppet away with this. And in uh, uh, the in Attack of the Clones, when you're fighting Dooku, that was just a guy in a little guy in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. But I mean, you got just enough of, of Maul. You see him, um, you know, introduced as a hologram. You're like, who's this badass? Right. It's kind of creeping around on Tatooine. You get a little bit of a fight. Then his lightsaber goes from being awesome to fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when Wait. he pulled out the double blade, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. 
And he's just, you know, Ray Park being Ray Park, as you say, he, he's just got these moves, you know, like he flips around and he's like, he's got his arm out. And he's like, come on, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, this was, we said, 24 years ago, this was put out. So it was filmed 25, 26 years ago. And from what I've heard, if you go to a convention now, Ray Park is still doing that stuff on stage. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I love Ray Park. He's awesome. All right. Well, there. That was our good or bad internet picky. Good choices, guys. Good choices. Um, there's a couple other things um, that I did like. Like, I really love the the whole opening scene of the movie with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. You know, going to negotiate and stuff, and how they yeah. they you know, and it's got my favorite one of my favorite types of droids, the droid Dickards. Um, <laughs> I love those Not things. This they, they show gonk droids in this movie. They're the best. <laughs> Dario loves the gonk. And droids. actually, if well, no, if you don't look for it, you don't notice that they're there. Yeah, because <laughs> they're still, they're chilling yeah. in Watto's shop just in the back corner. Yeah, just, so they get knocked over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that beginning scene is has my one of my favorite lines in it: the aggressive and no getting aggressive negotiations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do like the banner between Obi Wan and Qui Gon in that. And how Qui-Gon says, yeah, the negotiations are going to be short. Well, they were short. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and then, of course, one of my all-time favorite lines, they've gone into the ventilation shaft. <laughs> <laughs> that that was weird. Okay, now I remember um, when you were talking about the acting. The um, Yes. All of the Neimoidian dialogue. Terrible. How how spotty and stop-go is. It's like William Shatner could not have done it better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was almost like it was a nod to Japanese or Chinese movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kind since, of. since the Nemodians were supposed to be uh, Oriental based, which if he made this movie now and did that, he'd be canceled. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there we have it. There's our rundown of our of the Phantom Menace. Um, well, I had a question for everybody though before you oh, try to wrap this up. Good, there. Yes. Do tell. Um, well, one I had to, I had that other good was um, I gotta go back and watch the original cut of this again. But um, if you think Jar Jar Binks in this episode or in this show was probably fifty to seventy five percent CG and working with people the entire time, and it was one of the very first characters ever to try to do that. Yes, you look how well and how seamlessly that fits in there. That all the CG um, characters in general, Boss Nass, Jar Jar, and some of these other ones that. They're almost seamless. In a, I mean, I, we're watching the newer cut, so it's probably been touched up some. But even in the original cut of this, it, it was you had no problem believing that these guys were standing there beside these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scenes where they're um, like when they first meet Jar Jar and they're trying to make eye contact with them, and I know we all know that the actor had the, yeah. the head yeah, yeah, up, they had the eye line for it. But I remember all the times I'd seen it, I was always like, I don't know what they're looking at. And even yeah. even when I rewatched it now on Disney, I was there were some scenes where I was like, okay, I believe that they're interacting with this thing and it's taller than them and they're making right eye contact. But there's a good chunk of the movie where I'm like, I don't know where they're looking at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a question to pose to everybody. Yes. Now that we've watched this again, it's we've watched it over the years and years. Was there anything you noticed on this last um, rewatch that you didn't notice before? Yes. Something Ooh, new. Question. Yes. Oh, yes. That's right. Mike, you had something to bring up. During the Senate scene, and it's a, around the one one hour, 28 minute mark. Yes. I even got specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 
while Supreme Chancellor Valorum is doing his bit and dealing with the Federation, uh, Palpatine's in the ear of uh, Padme, of Amidala, you know, explaining what's happening. They cut to a scene of the Chancellor's podium mm-hmm. again. And coming in from, from the right side of the screen is another Senate's disc or pod, whatever you want to call it. And there's a grand there. Uh, the grand is the race of uh, like Reese. Yeah, the, the three, three eyes. Um, in that, my initial thought was it almost looks like there's either Yaddle or another Yoda creature in that chair hmm. with them. Hmm. And then um, when I caught the around one twenty eight. Uh, 12820 um the the only other thing i thought it, it could have been was maybe it was jedi peel do we see oh, was that the guy with the scar in his eye yes yeah oh yeah <laughs> um but it, it's got to be one of those two and it and it, why is he there sitting with senators cuz that's not something you know jedis are not on the council or in, in the senate they're not part of the senate but here, here's a Good question. Here's a creature that looks like they're wearing Jedi robes, in with a grand senator. I'm trying to sync it up here so I can see. It's just fuzzy enough. I can't make out the detail. I can't tell if, if that's just a poor lit pink or if that's actual green. But if it's green, it almost looks like it could be Yaddle because of the hair. I'm almost the there. The Unless I don't want to um, zoom in or anything. Unless it's another member of that species possibly oh well, we know grand's pod no it's possible mm-hmm. no you say that was in the grand's pod yes no the, i see three grands there uh-oh and you've got a different cut of the movie <laughs> it's pot that's actually a possibility yeah yeah really but i don't see why they would have changed that and, but yeah that one i don't see why it would change well let me bring it up here that i can share the screen on what i was seeing there but um Let's see. It's a twenty-seven fifty. Actually, here, as I'm doing this, I can split this off. There we go. So we're at twenty-seven fifty-four right now. Mm-hmm. We got about twenty seconds here. We're looking at the Nemoidians. Padme's talking. There's the Grand. Don't see it. Yeah, there's only three people in that pod. They're all three Grand. Unless it was a different pod. I I don't wait, see it. There may be another pod here coming around. Stop. Ah, wait. Let me back it up just a second. Oops, too far. Because there's a well, it it may be the way that was cut that there was originally supposed to be someone else in there, and it just in the edit didn't go back. You know what I mean? All right, and stand by. I'll tell you one stop. <laughs> Wait, I don't. I don't think I went back far enough. It's weird trying to. Uh, let's see. We're scrubbing right. second by second on this. Bounce back just a touch more. I love how Masamita stays in the same position even though the chancellor changes. Yeah, <laughs> he's the dude. He's just like, yes, I'm evil. <laughs> well, if you look at um, the funny thing is, you move ahead to the new the New Republic and some of the books and stuff. He's still got that same position in the New Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> even though he's only he was, got one job in life, man. <laughs> he was with the Empire the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on! Now it's gonna buffer forever. Nobody else can fly this thing but me. <laughs> Well, while we're waiting on that, I'll tell you the other thing, one thing that I noticed, which is a very cool little detail. And it's when um, they're all about to leave Naboo in in the Queen's ship, 
which I love that beautiful ship. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I have a toy of it. Um, and I love how it becomes a senator. It's the exact same ship, just bigger. Yeah, <laughs> and and when they're about to leave, um, you know, they got the whole crew there, and obviously, you know, we all know about the decoys and everything for the queen. And um, there's a moment where uh, I think it's Obi Wan, either Obi Wan or Qui Gon, asks the queen a question uh, while they're standing in a group there, and she actually no, she actually looks over at Natalie Portman, Portman um, her character. The queen does the queen decoy does I should say to to kind of see you know what the real queen thinks they should do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You, subtle. There are subtle things that because um, Portman puts in a couple of words, but it has nothing to do with what they're talking about. Almost like we support yes. you or something like that. And it was almost yes. like they had preset codes, right? And that, I just thought that was a really cool little detail that you don't pick up like the first time you watch it or whatever. Yeah. So was I was, you're talking about Mike? No. I was wondering when I was watching this, her her personal bodyguard, um, the dude with the cool hat. <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> yeah. Does he know like like when they do the swap? Like when he sends the queen off to uh, with Qui-Gon when they're on um, Tatooine, he seems like he's like, Well the, the queen's curious about the planet, yada yada yada. I don't I, agree with this, yada, yada, yada. I don't I'm think like, he knows. Does he know or does he not know? I was, in a, I was in a security, I mean, is this a new tradition? Does. Or is this an ongoing tradition with all the queens? I know. They not know. I was thinking when I'm watching this, that I think all the guard, all the Naboo party know what's going on. Yeah, that's what I thought. So the Jedi and Anakin and Jar Jar obviously wouldn't understand it. But right. everybody else does. Especially Jar Jar. Um, yeah. The, I don't know if y'all can see this. This is the scene. It's right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's. I think that's still the grand because um, there's the three people in the pod and we saw them from the other shot. I don't know. Where did they come in so quick? Mm-hmm. Unless someone joined the pod after they went from the other shot, because the other shot you get a good look at who's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just me. Yeah. Again, I thought I saw something. Again, <laughs> apparently though, not. <laughs> again, though, it could also be the version that you watched. So yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Well, my um. Mine that I've never noticed before for some reason, and um, I've this is the only place I've ever seen it in Star Wars. It's never been mentioned again in the opening crawl because we know about the Galactic Senate, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in the opening crawl, it's called the Congress of the Republic. Yeah, but it's the only time they ever oh, use that phrase. Yeah, every every time it's referred to from then on is the Galactic Senate or the Imperial Senate. Right. So why, why did you use Congress in that? It was a rebranding. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> and it, it just it jumped out at me because I'm like, wait a minute, I've never heard of the Congress of the Republic. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this crawl multiple, multiple times, yeah, and that's why Alarm's no longer Chan- Supreme Chancellor. Yeah, because he called it a Congress. Yeah, <laughs> he seems so depressed when they when they when they called for a vote of no confidence. He's just like, ah, oh, it sucks. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't know, wouldn't? I mean, in general, watching Terrence Stamp do this because like, when you. The first scene when he's on the landing pad, he's like a stiff, like a board. He's like a board the entire time. He's like, dude, I know Terrence Stamp can act. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you look, he's standing there t- staring straight ahead while Palpatine's going nuts and I was like, hey, man, he's like <laughs> a statue the entire time. Which goes back to what my, my bad was, the, the, the acting. You know these people are good actors, so. It, George, it's not the acting, it's the directing. Yeah, the directing. Yes. 
is the right. directing. Exactly. Because he was yeah. standing, he's just standing there. It looks like he's a statue. Mm-hmm. Unless he's walking, there's no emotion, no looking at other places. He's like got his space on his eye lines. Okay, don't, I'm not moving. <laughs> it was weird, like I said, especially seeing it from him. You, you almost expect him to be one of those people that walks without moving their arms. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was expecting it, it, it to be almost odd. Yeah, he's also probably he's probably on a green screen set. And he's just like I have no clue what's around me. Well, that was also the problem. The hard time with a lot of I've, we heard about that from a lot mm-hmm. was a mm-hmm. lot of the actors weren't sure exactly what they were doing because there was no green screen full on films like this. Yeah, this in the Lord of the Rings trilogy brought all of that technology into play. Yeah, but even Lord of the Rings had more practical than mm-hmm. Lucas did yeah. with this. Well, no, this one had mostly practice, a, a lot, a lot of practical. Episode two um, probably had double or triple the practice or um, CG that this one did, and episode three was almost completely CG. Yeah, yeah, and uh, see how we feel about that when we get to those films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, anybody else see anything that they didn't reckon- see from last time, or from other films, or other times of watching, or whatever? I didn't notice anything really. I mean. I don't. Re- I didn't remember Jar Jar stepping in crap. I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> that's amazing." <laughs> the, the one thing that I can't unsee as, as they and, and I question it um, ever since you know Lucas confirmed yes is uh, when Sebulba is ready to take down and stump a mud hole in in Jar Jar. Yeah, mm-hmm. Guaylon Voss. It's like if that's truly Guaylon Voss, then how come one Qui-Gon didn't sense him there or two, even, even a slight nod of Qui-Gon hey, might, I'm here as well. Boss. No, I, I think there, there's no way. I gotta go back and see that. I don't even re- remember that being there. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that either. Qui-Gon, or, or Qui-Gon was high enough. Up, he would have known where various Jedi's were, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't on the council. Unless he was undercover. Like said, he may not have known <laughs> Quinlan Boss though. No, I, I think they knew each other. I guess we'll never know. We well, gotta remember a story for another time. Yeah, hundreds of thousands of Jedi. So there's no way every Jedi knows every Jedi. Every Jedi knows every Jedi. Yeah. Oh, you like every? You must know a Jedi, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta think with the amount of people that are around <laughs> <laughs> in the whole galaxy. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, this has been a fun show. Um, anything else you guys want to bring up before we sign off for the night? No, nope, had a good time rewatching the show, and I'm yeah. looking forward to not watching it again. <laughs> it's in the books. We're done. It's, it's over. We still have two other prequels movies to go through, but that's okay. Oh, uh, everything! I'm really looking forward to everything else. It's just that Phantom Menace I can only watch every every once a year. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Once a year, once every ten years, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, ultimately it's not my favorite of the prequels for various reasons, but it also does have some cool things in it. Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, etc. So, not a total wash. So there we go. So, um, that'll do it for us for this evening. Uh, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And, uh, thank you guys for joining me on the Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment 2.0. Thanks for having us. Alright, and, um, until next time... May the Force be with you all. And, any more words of Emperor Palpatine? Yeah. Only now, at the end 
understand.